Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for the very special Let's Ride podcast. That's right. It is a victory Monday. Celebrate, Steelers fans. Overtime win, 23-20 over the Seattle Seahawks on Sunday Night Football. It is early in the morning on Monday as I record this podcast. There's so much to do. When a game goes to overtime, it gets even worse. Uh, But you know what? The Steelers find a way to win. They scratch, they claw, they get their way back to 500-3-3, heading into the Week 7 bye week, where then they prepare for a banged-up Cleveland Browns team in Week 8 in Cleveland. We will talk about that a lot coming up this week. But in the meantime, we have to break down this game. It was crazy. It was chaotic. And there's a lot of, there's some people I want to give shout outs to. And we're going to do that right after a quick reminder that BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Updated regularly with everything you could think of for Pittsburgh Steelers fans to enjoy film rooms, the latest breaking news tomorrow, uh, or I said today, snap count articles. We have everything for you. And then wherever you get your podcast, search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain, subscribe, follow, do whatever you have to do so that you don't miss a thing, especially if you're on Apple Podcasts. Hit that subscribe button so every single podcast gets thrown to your device and you know where it is, when it comes, so that you don't miss anything. All right. 23-20, to 20, Steelers beat the Seahawks. No one thought it was going to be that close. I think I predicted 30-20. to 20. Uh, with a garbage time touchdown saying it was going to be that close, but they kind of make it, whatever. 
uh, here, here it is. You know, the Steelers are a team that it, it's, it's never easy. It never seems easy with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Never has, never will. My goodness, just it, it, it's, it's a game where you find yourself shaking your head. There's so much that went wrong, and then there was so much that went right. I don't want fans out there to get so jaded that they think about one thing, like the tackling or one thing, the rush defense, and that totally skews or puts their proverbial blinders on so that they don't see some of the good things that happened in this game too because a lot of good in my opinion did happen in the second segment like we always do after a game we're going to dive into the winners and losers and believe it or not I had eight winners and seven losers and I felt that was those two numbers eight winners seven losers were very indicative of this game eight winners yeah you had some players that had very good performances portions or parts of the Steelers team that were very positive and then at the same time you had seven losers or seven areas where the the game lacked something for the Steelers and I think that's that's exactly what the Steelers fan base saw it was a close game it was an ugly game no score after the first quarter the Steelers blowing a 14 point lead sending it into overtime the complete disaster that was the last 20 seconds of regulation we're going to get into all that Trust me. Before we go any further, though, I, I want to make sure that um, I, I want to give some shout outs. I, this is important to me. So first, uh, my, our buddy Brian Haynes, who's a, probably one of the most loyal Ride or Die crew members out there. He's been going through a tough time. I want to give a big shout out to him. He follows on Twitter. He follows every single podcast. He's using the hashtag Nerds of Steel for the Steeler Stat Geek podcast with Dave Schofield. He's using uh, Bad Company's hashtag. He's using, obviously, Ride or Die Crew. Big shout out to Brian. Also, th- this still just boggles my mind. I-, I-, I complain about night games. I really do. And it gets to the point now where I used to do the post game show and all this stuff. When the Steelers don't play at 1 o'clock, I can't do the post game show because I have to do the Let's Ride podcast that runs at 9 a.m. Look, this isn't my full time job. And so I don't have the ability to just, well, I'll just record it tomorrow morning. Or I'll wake up and I'll record it before the time. Now, I have to record it that night. So I, I wasn't on the post game show uh, after the Seahawks overtime win. Uh, Michael Beck, the deputy editor, he was the one that took care of that. And I complain about this, and I tell my wife, like, oh, gosh, like I like having all Sunday. That's nice. I got a ton of work done. But at the same time, oh, my gosh, I complain about having to stay up late. For the European fans or the international fans, I don't know how you all do it. I really don't. I'm getting tweets from like um, Owen over in England, other people in England and in different parts of Europe. They're like, hey, it's it's 4.30. It's 5 o'clock in the morning. I have to be up at 6 for work. It doesn't matter. The Steelers win. Oh my gosh, like you, that's a totally different level of dedication for me. And I want to give a huge shout out to anyone out there that is a European listener, an international listener, that or, or viewer of the Steelers even, that is watching this team in the wee hours of the morning and is like, I'm going to have to find a way to function. I don't know if I could do that. Um, I will struggle enough going to bed at 2 o'clock, let alone staying up until 5 o'clock and then having to get up at 6 absolutely insane you all are the best fans ever so shout out to you all i'd also like to send a big shout out and this is this could not be more sarcastic to everyone's favorite computer nerd bill gates for your stupid microsoft programming uh so 
I'm sitting in front of the computer, you know, like I said, I'm doing a lot of work. I'm outside and it's a beautiful day. And I come in, I'm like, I need to get some stuff ready for the game. So I go to turn on my computer and it needs to update. I'm thinking, okay, this has happened before. It's not going to take too long. The entire first half, my effing computer is updating. The entire first half, I had to do everything that I normally do from an editorial standpoint on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com on my stupid iPhone 7. Yeah, I have an iPhone 7. Get over it. But still, that's what I had to do. I was so frustrated, and it came to the point where when my computer finally came back, it was working so slow, it was trying to get caught up, and then... I had a f- open thread for the first half that said Steelers versus Broncos second half. Oh my gosh, I was ready to kill someone. Um, my daughter was telling her other siblings, my oldest daughter was like, you might not want to mess with dad, he's kind of in a mood. Yeah, I was in a mood, we'll put it that way. And then lastly, I do want to send out a quick quick prayer shout out. If you're not someone that prays, send some positive thoughts to uh, Seattle. the Seattle player, Daryl Taylor. He's the one that was... Uh, on the field, had to be taken off on a backboard, taken to the local hospital, UPMC in Pittsburgh. Uh, we hope that he's well. Obviously, we all heard on the TV that he's moving his extremities. But, you know, for Steeler fans, that brings back some rough memories with Ryan Shazier in 2017. Uh, Ryan Shazier himself tweeted out uh, that he's praying for uh, Daryl Taylor and that he hopes that everything's fine. Nonetheless, just want to do a quick shout-out, prayers to him. Hope everything goes well. All right. This game, this game, just this game. I, I don't even know where to start with this game. And the winners and losers is going to be really where I get to kind of unravel my thoughts. And I, it's like I said, I've said this a million times on this podcast. It's very therapeutic. This is a show where I get my thoughts out. This isn't the Stat Geek with Dave Schofield where it's analytical, it's numbers-based. This isn't the Cutting Room Floor where Jeffrey Benedict is giving you some some information that is maybe something you hadn't noticed about a a specific position group. This is me and commentary. And so the one thing that came to mind, so I'm, I'm thinking about this game as I'm waiting for Mike Tomlin's press conference to start, is no one ever thought and no one ever said that this game was going to be easy. This game, not the season, I've talked about the season trajectory a million times on my podcast saying it's going to be turbulent. There's going to be uh, bumps in the road, and, and the Steelers have experienced that throughout the first six games. But no one even said this game was going to be easy. We all thought the Steelers would have the opportunity to kind of coast to a win and not have it come down to the a nail-biting field goal or needing a TJ Watch strip sack to win. No one thought that might have happened, but at the same time, they're professionals too. And the Seattle Seahawks, even with Geno Smith, they were not about to go and let's mind you, last time they played was Thursday night last week. So they almost had like a, you know, they had almost two weeks to prepare for this game. And so they're not gonna come in on national television and just lay down and die. My goodness, the Steelers had to earn it. They made them earn it. But this was a tale of two halves. This kind of reminded me of uh, the preseason. When you think back to the preseason, this is something we always talked about after games. Oh, tale of two halves. First half, team did nothing. Second half, up oh, here we go. They did everything. Like against the Detroit Lions in week three of the preseason, the Steelers' offense comes out, guns blazing, Ben Roethlisberger, two touchdowns, a Pat Fryermuth, and he's out. And so everyone's – this was a similar story. The first half, the offense on no score after the first quarter. The Steelers offense scores 14 second quarter points and then really struggles in the second half. Uh, the Steelers defense looks really good in the first half. I mean, good 
run defense, getting after the quarterback, tight coverage, and it just seems like in the second half, nothing could go right. The tale of two halves, indeed, was a big factor in this game. And the one thing I want to make something clear here to all the people that listen to my podcast. If you're expecting me to somehow apologize for this Steelers win or to bemoan a win or to say, oh, you know, the Steelers could have, should have, no, I'm not going to do that. You're insane if you think I'm going to do that. This was a win. Regardless of how it happened, regardless of whether you think it should have happened, this was a win. And so for me, I look at this game in just that perspective. There are some games where you just look at it and say, did they win? Yes or no? In this case, it was a yes. They won the football game. They escaped. I think they survived. Whatever you want to, whatever term you want to use to call, and they're all justified in my opinion. They won the game. They advanced to three and three, which when the Steelers lost three in a row, everyone was saying the same thing. Well, shoot, if they could just win their next two games, both at home, going to the bye week three and three, you're getting healthy on the bye week. You come back. You have at the on the road at Cleveland. It's a rivalry game. You're going to be up for that. This is what they wanted. This is what we all said the Steelers needed to do, and they did it. Was it pretty? No. Is it ever pretty? Rarely. But you know what? The Steelers got the job done. They got the job done. They found a way to win. No one said it would be easy. No one, not myself, no one said it would be easy, but they found a way to win. Never apologize for winning a contest. I don't care what contest it is. If you win, if you find a way to win, you never apologize for that. Win incorrect. I'd rather that than lose and dwell on a loss. Could you imagine if they would have lost this game? Forget about the officials for a second. Forget about the way that the regulation fourth quarter ended. No, don't forget about that. Could you imagine if the Steelers blew a 14-point lead at home on Sunday Night Football, primetime television, world audience watching? They blow that. They fall to 2-4 and four going into the bye week. I think you could pretty much say that unless they caught fire with the schedule they have in the second half, it would have been really tough sledding the rest of the way. But now, no, they find a way to win. 3-3, three and three, going into the bye week, things are looking up. Things are looking up. And we're going to talk about winners and losers coming up right after this break. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second segment of Let's Ride. I'm your host, Jeff Hartman, and we are talking winners and losers. Again, I said eight winners, seven losers, and this is what we do every single day after the game. Now, this podcast runs at 9 o'clock after every game. Uh, next week, we won't have this post-game podcast, Let's Ride edition, because the Steelers are on a bye week, but we have a lot of stuff to go over today, so let's get through it. 15 total areas to talk about players slash areas. You know how I do the winners and losers. Eight winners. Let's start there. We're going to start off no, none other than TJ Watt. Listen to this stat line. Seven tackles, six solo, two sacks, one forced fumble, three tackles for loss, three pass defenses, and two quarterback hits. That's insane. 
That'll that in and of itself is insane. Just look at that stat line. TJ Watt, what a night. But you know what? When you think about it, it took Watt, it was really in those critical moments, in critical moments that Watt really stood up. He kind of stood the tallest in these critical moments. And that's what you do pay for your top players. You want the quarterback, the receiver, uh, the pass rusher to step up and be that big-time player in big-time situations, and that's exactly what T.J. Watt did for the Steelers on Sunday night. He earned his money Sunday night. Why? He wasn't doing a ton outside of like the pass defenses, good and run defense early on. When they needed a play, he delivered, and in a big way. T.J. Watt deserves to be on the winner's list most weeks, but especially this week. A guy that's been on the winner's list, I feel like, every single week this season, but I keep putting him there for obvious reasons, and that's Najee Harris. 24 carries. This is rushing. 24 carries, 81 yards, a 3.4 average. Those were tough sledding yards against the Seahawks, who really carried, especially early in the game, a lot of players in the box but finishes with six catches on seven targets for 46 yards and one touchdown. Do the simple math, well over 120 yards total combined. A great day for Najee Harris, but I want to be specific. I'm really happy to see Matt Canada and the offense starting to utilize Harris as an actual receiving threat and not just a decoy. Early in the season, especially week one in Buffalo, you would see Najee Harris motion out of the backfield and it was you knew he, that no one was throwing him the football. Now, and, and let's also not forget that the game that he had over a hundred yards receiving, those were all mainly just checkdowns. Those those were not hey run this route, beat this matchup. Now they're doing that, and you're seeing how Najee Harris is really a dual threat style player. Um, just a tremendous football player. It's he's like a vintage throwback type player, but. Man, his size, his speed, his he, he's great. He's great. I love watching Najee Harris play. Deserves to be on the winner's list every week, especially this week. All right, Trey Norwood. He's the next winner. The seventh-round pick uh, out of Oklahoma. Seventh-round pick. Listen to the stat line. Three tackles, three solo, one tackle for loss, one pass defense. It felt like it, there were certain junctures of this game where it felt like there was a critical third-down play. And the Steelers get a stop. It was probably Trey Norwood. He had a big tackle on DK Metcalf. I think he had a couple pass breakups. Uh, he was all over the field, and he did his job well. Uh, he was used mainly in dime packages. But Trey Norwood is making the Steelers look like geniuses. This is a guy that has played so much for the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2021. And he was a seventh-round draft pick. The Steelers had two draft picks in the seventh round. They went with Trey Norwood in Oklahoma with their first and Presley Harvin out of Georgia Tech with their second. Talk about great picks for the Steelers. Trey Norwood, he's he's kind of carving out his own niche within the defense, but the fact that he even has a niche as a rookie seventh-round pick is amazing. He continues to get better, and he deserves to be on the winner's list. Next winner, finally... Ah, oh, finally, Alex Highsmith is finally on the winner's list. Here's his stat line. Seven total tackles, two solo, one and a half sacks, two tackles for loss, and four quarterback hits. Now, remember, this was not just 
Highsmith's first game with a sack. This was also his first game with a quarterback hit. He did have some hurries, but he did not have the sacks and the quarterback hits. Now, I'm going to be completely honest here. Leading into this season, my biggest concern about Alex Highsmith was not rushing the quarterback. It was in run support. I felt like I wondered if he would be able to set the edge and run and, and really stop the run. He's done that and then some. He's done a great job with that. I feel like now is when he's done such a good job in the run game, he should be turning his attention to the passing game. He should be turning his attention to really getting after the quarterback. Maybe, just maybe, this game was a catalyst for Highsmith moving forward, that he's getting after the quarterback more, putting more pressure on the opposition, and really utilizing the attention that T.J. Watt gets opposite him. That's what we want to see from Alex Highsmith. But a good game. A good game for Highsmith against Seattle. Next winner, Cam Hayward. Here's his stat line. Nine tackles, six solo. He had one sack, two tackles for losses, and one quarterback hit. You don't know this unless you really watch for it. But Cam Hayward, when you don't have Tyson Alualu, you don't have Stephon Tuitt, he is getting so much attention on the interior of that defensive line. When Tuitt's there, they can't do that. And even when Tyson is there, they can't really do that. But Cam Hayward has just been so dominant this entire season. I honestly think that you know this was a game where his stat lines showed up. He could be on the winner's list probably every week. But this is a game where his stat line actually popped. You know, he had the sack, two tackles for losses, a quarterback hit, nine tackles. This is one of those games where you say this guy is just on a different level. He's having a tremendous, a tremendous 2021 season. And he's the emotional leader of that team too. Let's not overlook that. That's important. Next winner is just the pass rush in general. They end up sacking Geno Smith five times, and they have eight quarterback hits. They didn't get to the passer much, but the Seahawks, they, they were able to run the ball, so they didn't have to throw the ball until it became an absolute necessity. Geno Smith ended the game with 32 attempts, but to be honest with you, a lot of those attempts came in the, in the waning moments of the fourth quarter and in overtime when it became necessary to throw the ball. When he had to throw, he was harassed. He had to was flushed out of the pocket. Uh, it was a good bounce-back game for the Steelers' pass rush, which I felt had been a little lacking the last few weeks. Next winner, Chris Boswell. Three for three field goals along a 52, two for two with extra the extra point category, and a game-winning field goal in overtime. It, look, some kickers in the NFL get kicked to the curb after one bad game. Uh, the Steelers, after Boswell's dreadful 2018 campaign, uh, they kept him, and a lot of fans wondered why. Why would you keep this guy? Just find someone else. And Boswell's made them look like they, they knew exactly what they're doing. Uh, he's been money in the bank and couldn't have come at a better time. This 52-yarders, this is the second time he's made a 52-yard field goal at Heinz Field. That looks like it's got a couple yards to spare, if you ask me. Now, I didn't see the side the side angle, but my goodness, the, the kick that put him up by a field goal, uh, that was a great, great kick. All right, let's go to the last winner, and that is rookie tight end Pat Fryermuth. Listen to his stat line. He finishes with seven catches, 58 yards on seven targets. That's right, seven for seven for the rookie tight end out of Penn State. Look, this kid doesn't drop all my footballs if they're within his catching radius. But in my opinion, if they're going to start infusing Pat Fryermuth into the offense more, and when it comes to receiving numbers, 
Only person that was targeted more than Pat Fryermuth was Deontay Johnson with 13. Claypool had seven targets. Harris had seven targets. Fryermuth had seven targets. If Pat Fryermuth is going to be that involved in the offense, it means that it's going to start opening things up. They're going to start utilizing more of the field, and that's a good thing, but a really great game by uh, Pat Fryermuth, the rookie. I've been telling people all year the other teams, you know, we have to do these, we do these Q and A's with other teams and they always say, who's a player that maybe no one's thinking about that could impact the game. And I always say the same thing, Pat Fryermuth, Pat Fryermuth, Pat Fryermuth. And he finally comes through and he's on the winner's list because of it. Let's go to the loser side. Now we're talking about the ugly side. But before we do that, let's recap, let's recap the winners in case you want to like a recap. So TJ Watt, Najee Harris, Trey Norwood, Alex Highsmith, Cam Hayward, the pass rush, and Chris Boswell and Pat Fryermuth round out the winners. Now seven losers. Uh, the first one is tackling. I, I don't have the missed tackling stats, but there were so many missed tackles. I can't honestly remember a game where this tacking, tackling was this atrocious. Whether it was... Uh, you think about like Terrell Edmonds. He had a front row seat of Alex Collins' touchdown early in the in the second or the second half. Uh, Joe Hayden he he swung and missed many times uh, on you know ball carriers, and then there were just a lot of bad angles. The Steelers it was awful. It was awful from start to finish. If you watch the game, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I don't need to beat that dead horse any more than it's already been beaten. So we're just going to leave it at that. The tackling is a loser. The second half defense, they gave up 20 second half points. It almost seemed like the defense forgot to come out back on the field after halftime. I said this in the in the winter segment. Everything they were doing well in the first half, pressuring the quarterback, stopping the run, tight coverage, they completely flipped the script in the second half. Uh, they didn't have to worry about the quarterback because the other team was running the ball right down your throat, and uh, the coverage just seemed like there were a lot of miscommunications, just bad defense, period, just bad. All right, next loser. I hate to do this, but Chase Claypool. He had two catches, 17 yards on seven targets. So, you know, when I think about this, maybe my expectations for Claypool are a little too lofty. Uh, But, you know, I expect a lot from the second-year receiver. Uh, Not only was Claypool, and this drives me nuts when this happens, when you see those receivers and, and the Roethlisberger, they're not on the same page. They're not reading the same defense for whatever reason. That's a big issue. And then you throw in Claypool having those really boneheaded penalties, whether it's the block in the back, the offensive pass interference. Look, I've talked about how fragile this offense is. You can't withstand these penalties. Chase Claypool also, you know, the the play that he had offensive pass interference on, if you're going to interfere that bad that everyone and their brother is going to throw the flag, at least have the body awareness to keep your feet in bounds. Jeez. I mean, again, Maybe my expectations are a little too lofty. I don't know, but he needs to do better. Next, the run defense. They sur- the Steelers surrendered 144 yards on the ground. Again, that was a clip of 5.3 yards on average. That is unbelievably bad. Uh, the second half was when this all went down. Mike Tomlin was asked about this in his post-game press conference, and he said, you know, kudos to Seattle, and I get all that. But when it comes down to it, you got to make plays. you got to make plays when it matters the most, and the run defense just could not do it. Next loser, the third down offense. This 
this unit, this section was in the winners list last week. It was the first time they made it to the winners column. And then this week they're back in the losers column. The third down offense, the stat line is five for 14. That's below 500. You all know the rule. You're above 500. You're in the winners column below losers column. I don't need to say anything else. The third down offense was really bad at times in on Sunday night football. Okay. Next loser. The officiating at the end of the game, what the heck was that? You know, Mike Tomlin called it quote-unquote embarrassing. He said quote-unquote he hated it. Um, I ha- He has every right to be upset. The Seahawks did not stop the clock. Like, that's what everyone needs to understand. Yes, they clocked it. Could there have been one second left? Maybe. But the fact that the NFL, they took <laughs> a, a play like that where it was unbelievably obvious that DK Metcalf caught the ball inbounds, made several football moves, fumbled the ball, that they stopped the clock, put three seconds back on the clock. I just don't get it. I don't get it. I was sending a text with my brother and my dad. I said, don't worry. These officials are going to find a way to F this up. And boy, did they ever. I don't even know what else to say. That was such a strange thing. I'm just glad, and the NFL should feel lucky, that the Steelers ended up winning that game. Because if they hadn't, that would have been it would have been a really bad luck. We'll put it that way. Last loser, the Steelers defense on the final drive of regulation. You know, the stat line is they needed a stop and they just didn't get it. So I tweeted this out. You can follow me on Twitter at J Hartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. And I said, everyone wants to complain about the officiating, and you have every right to complain about the officiating. However, what you don't what you shouldn't do is you shouldn't overlook how the Steelers' defense could have ended it all before that. They could have gotten off the field. They could have forced even one fourth down conversion. Uh, If you want to be critics of this team, well, they could have had a stop, and they didn't get it. That allowed the game to go to overtime, and to me, that was really, really disheartening. So when you look at the losers list, tackling was number one. The second half defense, uh, Chase Claypool, the run defense, the third down offense, officiating at the end of the game, and the Steelers defense on the final drive of regulation. Those were my losers. So eight winners, seven losers. There you have it. The Pittsburgh Steelers win, though. They find a way to win. 23-20 to in overtime over the Seattle Seahawks on Sunday Night Football. They are 3-3, three and three, and now they start looking ahead to the Cleveland Browns. Now, I do want to make sure that everyone understands that even though the Steelers are going on a bye week, we here behind the steel curtain, we're not going anywhere. Uh, we're going to be churning out content. We're going to have up-to-date news and notes from the, about the AFC North, about the division race, about the conference. Uh, we're going to have really, really good material. We're probably going to do some grades for the team at the bye week mark. And then also on the podcast side of things, we're definitely we're going to be giving you stuff to get you through this downtime. Some people... During the bye week, they like to just say, okay, I'm done. I don't have to listen to anything. I'm done. And I get it. And some people, they're like, you know what? I still want to know what's going on with the Steelers. So if, you, if you're that latter fan, we will have you covered at Behind the Steel Curtain. So at, remember, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. And then wherever you get your podcasts, that's Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor, Pandora, you name it subscribe, follow, whatever you have to do so that you do not miss a thing. 
All right, folks, it's almost 2 o'clock in the morning here on Monday morning, and the Steelers are victorious. And so when I have to stay up late, I, all I say is at least I, the Steelers could do is win, and they did that. So enjoy it. Rock your colors. I will be back on Wednesday. Make sure you check me out on Twitter on Tuesday for the mailbag part of my Wednesday show for the mailbag section. So check that out. In the meantime, folks, you know how we finished out here. Be safe. Be kind and God bless. Have a great day. I'll see you on Wednesday. Go Steelers. They win. Let's do it. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.